Hello, may I welcome you to episode 47 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest began his career within the industry some 21 glorious years ago, delivering coal in the company's early years. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end with a funny moving story. My guest this episode is Neil Purdy, Managing Director of Purdy Worldwide Removals and Storage. Enjoy. Good morning, Neil. Welcome to Moving Matters. How are you today? I'm very well, Colin. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Good. Glad to hear it. So can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Certainly. So my name is uh, Neil Purdy. I'm the current Managing Director of Purdy Worldwide Removals and Storage Limited up here in sunny Scotland, I'm glad to say this morning. I've been in the industry now for 21 glorious years, 21 years that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Comes with ups and downs, which I'm sure we'll discuss over the next 40 minutes or so, Colin. So how did you get started in the industry 21 years ago? From previous podcasts, Colin, I think it's become apparent over time that a lot of people in this industry start out in the, the same way. I started in the industry originally. When I left school, I was, I was encouraged to go somewhere else, shall we say, at first. So I was encouraged to go and work with a local authority. I had visions for my future that didn't include removals at that point, And I actually wanted to become an architect, believe it or not. I didn't like school all that much. I was glad to leave school and, and I did leave school early, um, 16, 17 years old. Done a year and a half for the local authority, doing a business administration and business management. Started off in that and decided that that wasn't for me. And I wanted to, to I was getting heavier and heavier sitting at a desk, um, a funny age in your life <laughs> at, at that point. And I decided to, to leave and, and at that point we had a coal business, which again we can work through. It started with that, two or three years delivering coal face-to-face with customers and at that point the business was changing the, the roles within the business was changing the need was there for storage the need was there for removals coal was going backwards at that point so quickly shifted as a removal porter as many has done through various licenses surveys etc and and ended up where i am now so can you tell everybody about your company and the services it offers and a bit of history as well Certainly. So the, the company itself, Colin, started back in 1960 by my grandfather. Um, many of you will remember the business as uh, Matt Purdy and Sons. So trading for 1960, I already mentioned we were a, a coal merchant back in the day and, and very quickly my grandfather realised that there was opportunities to be had. People kept asking, could you move this? Could you move that? The flatbed truck was available, at which time he started to do so and, and it quickly followed a few years later when the, the first removal truck in effect was purchased. Working with that, Matt Purdy, obviously my grandfather and the two sons, which was uh, Matt Jr. and then my father Archie, worked alongside as directors of that business right through until 2015 um, when there was a takeover and the company changed to Purdy Worldwide as we know it now. Um, The company itself, we work in various sectors in the removal, so we do a lot of overseas moving. 
we do a lot of commercial moving, but the bread and butter of that, and, and certainly the, the largest uh, aspect of, of moving is the domestic market that, that we do find ourselves about 80% of the work that we do is in the domestic market. So that's where we're, we're best placed. But again, in, in changing times, we now have a property maintenance business. So I started that about four years ago. We got fed up with moving people into their, their new homes and there was always a question asked and, and the vision from families moving into their new homes thinking, oh, I could do a new floor or, or they move in and realise the windows don't quite seal around the edges. Do you know someone that can, can fit windows, etc.? So we diversified to that side. So that's another string to the bow, as it were. And how is that side going? It's going very well. Again, COVID over the last few years has, has played a part in this, I, I would certainly say, because the way people have looked at things have changed and people have sat within their own their own four walls for that period of time and yeah. and, and try to improve things or, or just change things people not been spending money on the, the luxurious holidays that, that we were accustomed to for, for so long as well or the world seemed to be in our fingertips and was very quickly taken away from us so that, that's gone very well and again it, it works hand in hand the opportunities are there like I said as we move people into homes there's always something they have a vision of how they see their new house um, becoming and, and that's certainly an avenue that we've tapped into so whether kitchen, bathrooms windows, heating, everything's there and gives you an opportunity before they've even moved in. I know of companies that do the cleaning services, Yeah, but I don't know of anybody that's gone into the property maintenance. Yeah, so we don't, we don't do cleaning services, one thing we, we don't do, but there's another idea, Colin, I suppose. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> like I say, we, we just seen it as an opportunity. I had a, a good friend of mine, in all honesty, that, that was going through some changes in his own um, life. He was a, a very good joiner, self-employed previously, but we decided to go into this together and, and use it as an opportunity. The, the marketplace was there. We were moving thousands of homes every year and, and the marketplace and opportunity was there for us to then grab that with both hands and, and, and try and push that forward with a name and area that people trusted. So it's, it's gone well and it continued to grow. So how many vehicles are you running? So at the moment, Colin, funnily enough, I actually have more vehicles than we do drivers for the time well, I think, being. I think that's for, the same for everybody at the that, moment. Well, that, that's correct. And obviously purchasing new vehicles is difficult. So we've held on to some of the, um, the older ones over the last couple of years. Well, we currently have 26 vehicles within the fleet here, ranging from three and a half right up through Wagon and Dragon. And as of late, we've got the haulage lorry as well that we run containers with. And staff-wise, how many staff do you have? On the payroll, currently we have 46 staff, including mechanics, surveyors, etc., etc. So I'm curious to know, mm-hmm. because I remember coming up to a Scottish BAR area meeting many, many, many years ago. Okay. And Matt Purdy and Son as a company was a small company. How have you expanded so bloody fast? <laughs> I don't know, Colin. I think it's, it's hard work and dedication that the groundwork is there. It was a good company. It always was. And, and as Matt Purdy and Sons, we did in 2008, during the, the first, well, the first recession, when I was within the business, we expanded, we opened a place at McMerry, which was, was East Lothian. We shortly afterwards bought a company in Ayrshire called Marnock Removals International at that point as well. And we always knew that that would have been some sort of succession plan throughout with, with Matt and Archie getting on a wee bit at that point and deciding where they, their future would lie, I suppose. There was always opportunity there. So we did expand at that point. We pulled those back in. Um, a few years afterwards, it went to plan. It worked well for us at, at the time, but but various contracts changed and um, necessity changed, I suppose, throughout. So so we did rein it back in at that point. With regards to expansion, Colin, I think it's um, hard work and dedication uh, is one thing that's always been drummed into me from both my uncle and from my father throughout. And 
And with regards to expanding, I think it's seeing those opportunities. Some you win, some you lose, I suppose. One thing my, my grandfather always told me, if you can make 51% of your decisions correctly and, and sometimes take those chances and risks, if you get more right than wrong, it should work out all right for you in the, the long run. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> so what challenges have you had to overcome? So I think every day comes with its own challenge, shall we, shall we say, Colin? Challenges, obviously, working in a, in, in a family business or growing up through that in a family business always comes with its own challenges. Uh, people always don't see eye to eye. There's different, I don't know the best way to put it, but different viewpoints is probably the best way or the most political way of, of putting that. <laughs> and that did come with its own challenges. Certain, certain visions weren't the same within the business. And we decided just to push on. But but like I say, challenges themselves are there to, to be overcome. So I like to take any position that's in front of me or any challenge that's there and, and find a solution for that. And by finding a solution for it, it should, in effect, give you the outcome that, that, that you need. Looking at those challenges, finding where you can you can change things or fix things. One major challenge for me when, when I took over in 2015 was, although the business was very busy and it was a very well-run business at that point, it was still, as far as I was concerned, it was still stuck in the 80s and 90s. So we had a, a very paper-based business. We had cabinets in the office, three and four, six before cabinets along the wall that was was inventories. That was, it was the paperwork. So it was everything that had to be kept. It was still a paper diary. So productivity at that point was difficult because cause making a, a booking or, or making multiple bookings with the, with the number of people in the office became difficult because we were waiting for that diary to become free and, and somebody would need to handwrite their part in before the next person could then take that diary from them and put their information in and, and change it. So we very quickly adapted at that point. So the, the challenge was there for me to try and pull the company into a more IT savvy way of, of, of doing things. Now, by no manner or means, and I struggle to get on this meeting today, Colin, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, uh, IT is not one of my strong points, however, <laughs> um, however it, it had to be done. And, and thankfully, at, at the time, it gave us a lot of trial and error through the, the period leading, as, as we keep mentioning, this, this the C word, the COVID word that comes in. Had that have happened four, five, six years earlier, I'd hate to think where the business could have been at that point with everything yeah. being so out of sorts and, and not out of sorts as such but but being over the place and needing or the necessity to find that actual physical paperwork itself became a challenge so so I took that as one challenge and how can we make this better and, and I've done that in various ways I brought people into the business at that point that, that I, I knew I could trust I could rely on um, my cousin yeah. does all our marketing here and has a very very good and expansive IT background and, and any problem we've put him through that he's managed to find a solution and come to us with two or three ideas at times does this work can this work is this what your business needs or is this what our business needs rather because we, we've pulled everyone in to help out with that but it's always good to have somebody on the outside come into the business and give it a fresh look a fresh set of eyes from an outsider is great to have I completely agree with you, Colin. And one of the other people we started here is is uh, my general manager, Robert Cooper. Some some of you may know him, some some may not. But he, although we worked when we were younger and, and being the peripherals of that business from a very, very um, young age, myself and Robert would um, fill coal in the, the old coal shed when we were younger and we'd, we'd sneak into my grand's when my granda wasn't looking and we'd, we'd get a, a, a quick cake and, and a wee chat and we'd hide. <laughs> we, we, we'd hide when he was coming down before you'd get your wages, make sure you had the, the coal locker swept up and... and <laughs> <laughs> and finished bagging and whatever else. But, but he came into that business and although I was always a, a removal man, there was gaps in my knowledge. 
at that point. The HR side of things um, was, was never a, a, a strong point of mine. I can, I can move anything from A to B and, and I know the concept of how it's done and, and particularly heavy machinery moving. I, I like that aspect of things and I never had the, the, the office work side of things was never a, a strong or one of my strongest points at, at that point in the, the takeover. So he came in and, and took a lot of the stuff off me that, that was gaps in my knowledge, so to speak. Um, so having the right people around about you certainly helped us to, come back to your previous question, but but certainly helped us to expand the business and, and move forward in, in the way that we, we have done um, as of late. If you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be? So Colin, that's a, that's a difficult question because in life in general, I don't believe in having any regrets. Everything to me happens for, for a reason and it's how you deal with those things that's put in front of you to make things better moving forward. At the time of the takeover, I was, uh, although I'd been a director in the previous business since 2011 to the takeover in 2015, it gave you a certain amount of insight, but it didn't give me the, the full picture of how that transition would be and, and the perhaps the full responsibility of what we were taking on at that point. Fantastic opportunity for me and whatever else, but there, there was certain gaps in, in knowledge here that, that I had to um, learn very, very quickly, shall we say. There's times in the past, buying trucks, for instance, was a, was a new thing to me. We knew where we'd bought these trucks from previously and, and uh, how things had gone in the past. And, and there's times I think I was I was late in making certain decisions, which didn't allow me to, to get that chassis in time. We were ordering a truck in, in May, hoping it'd be in the road for the busy time in July. That truck didn't come till September and, and perhaps sat for a month or two until the busy time yeah, of yeah. Christmas. So, <laughs> so there's things that I've had to learn through that that time and, and, and small mistakes that have been made that, that you make once and get your fingers burnt and, and don't make again. But in terms of actually changing things in, in, from the past or, or anything, I don't believe in that, Colin. I do think everything happens for a reason and we, we, we push on. We push on forward. What is your high point of being within the industry? There's been many high points in the industry for me, Colin. Um, one of the main things that I like in the removals industry, in all honesty, is the people. The industry, as many know, comes with, with many different characters. Um, and meeting those people and, and classing a lot of them as, as, as friends, in all honesty, out with here as well, that, that's been a good part for me. That, that really has been an, an enjoyable part. We've got to see nice parts of the world, various conferences throughout that time. Becoming the managing director of the business was a, was a huge high point in, in my career allows me the chance to to grow this business and change it from the, the way it had previously been. But of course, within that, the moving industry itself is changing day after day, month after month. The rules and regs are, are changing. The, the, the customs part, the overseas part of it's now become harder than it than it's been in the past. So again, putting the right people in the right places round about you to, to assist with that and, and make sure that the, the guidance that you receive, again, from other people in the industry, from from the various boards within the BER has helped with that as well and, and lets us move on and, and, and change things for the better. When you became managing director, yep. how did the staff take that? Because you're owner's son and you obviously started off in the vans and driving and everything else and then all of a sudden you're now managing director. So you're not the best mate that will go and have a pint down the pub afterwards. You probably still do, but you know what I'm saying at the end of the day, you, you now all of a sudden you're, you're the voice of authority. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean by that, Colin, and, and certainly that came with its own challenges, I think, in my, my personal life through that time. So although I started as, as the coal and, 
in the Porter. I done a young driver scheme when I was eighteen, uh, similar to yeah. your, your guest a few weeks ago. Wesley, I think done the, yeah, yeah. the same scheme. We're of a similar, uh, similar, <laughs> age, similar time in our life. But I done the same thing. So I was a, a heavy goods driver at eighteen. I had my class one uh, license at nineteen. Being part of the family always came with a higher expectation that everyone didn't always see. When my friends could go out on a, a Friday night and, and a Saturday and whatever else, there was always that, oh, there's work on this weekend, make sure you're the one that does that. So you had to hold back. It's not, it's not that I always held back. I'm not going to lie to you. Times have, times have changed as well. So you could <laughs> have uh, an odd pint on a Friday night and, and still make your work on a Saturday morning back then. But, but no, so there was, there was things to change, but, but from doing it that way, I always worked hard. The expectation level was there from, from above to say, well, no, if it needs done, make sure you're the one that, that does that. You, you took every task, gave 110% of your, your, your time and effort to ensure that was done correct. And it took a lot of long hours. It took a lot of hard work. I always remember my daughter was born in 2008 and very shortly afterwards, Matt had asked me to go down and work for Cadog and Tate with three for three months. Thought was was two or three weeks old at the time, but that was a challenge. That was to make sure was was I the right person to go and take forward? Could I drop what needed done, rightly or wrongly, for the family, but to ensure that the questions that were asked me were answered? So I'd done that, and, and everything that was put in front of me throughout that period. I, I'd done it. I grabbed it with two hands, done it well. Certainly, I think that I'd done that well, and and then coming over as managing director or, or roles changing throughout that time. 2011, big change in my life. I was diagnosed with diabetes, type 1 diabetes. So I lost my license for the, the lorries at that point. Two years prior, I had been on the peripherals of the office. I would come in and do the, the odd surveys here and there. I would cover for holidays. And I did have an understanding of how, how the office worked. And, and like I say, once I lost my license 2011, that was me full-time surveyor. So the knowledge yeah. that I'd learned on the vans, everything that we'd picked up over the years, you could put into practice. And I'd like to think I'm, I'm quite an approachable and likable person, both for, for customers and for the staff here. And, and one thing that, that, that we're, we're very big on here is an open door policy. So from start to finish, when the, when the transition took over, there was concerns there from some of the staff. And, and sitting them down and having a, a proper man-to-man or, or man-to-women conversation, as it were, that alleviated a lot of those concerns. And I think the fact that that you were there and, and they knew that you were working as hard as anybody else and, and you were willing to, to try and make the changes to make. You'll never make their job easier, so to speak, but certainly by giving them that extra man if it's required or, or pricing it accordingly to ensure that they're no, their back's never against the wall with regards to restraints. Now, there's always something out with your control and, and the bugbear of every removal man is, is how lawyers and solicitors deal with their keys on a Friday afternoon and the, the delays that's possibly in place and and as an industry, unfortunately, we sit bottom of that food chain. Uh, and it's, it's always our, our fault at the end of that. But um, always. By, by having that kind of open door policy and, and relaying back to the staff how it was going to be and, and realising that although there was a lot of changes in the background, on a day-to-day basis, there was no major changes or no quick shake-ups that, that were required because the company was, was, was ran well. So there was no major shake-ups that, that shocked anyone that I think could have made a difference. I think if uh, if someone else had come in and, and a multinational had, had bought the company at the time, I think that's when the, the staff would have worried because yeah, we're a small enough company that I know every person that, that, that works for me here. I know their kids' names, I know their wife's names, and I think that's a big part. We're a family business, and we've kept up that tradition throughout the time, and and we just want to ensure that everybody that, that is here eh, wants to be here. 
that's a big part of most removal companies because most removal companies are family-run businesses. So you do get to know the staff's children, their parents, everything about them. That's, that's the great thing about this industry. That's it. I mean, we've got got a, a crew in the yard that, that's father and son, and over the years we've had multiples of father and son yeah. crews throughout. Myself included, I was we were father and son, son crew. Me, me and Archie was out in the vans for, for for various jobs or long distance driving and things. And, and it is, it's it's a great part of the industry, Colin. It's it's quite a unique industry, let's be honest. And going from a lot of your previous podcasts you've done, it, it begins to write its own story. I think throughout the way Definitely. things are, are, are done. So what one thing would you change within the moving industry? How long do we have, Colin? In all honesty, um, there's nothing in particular that, that I would change. I think changes need to be made for the the regulation. And I know this is something that was mentioned in a previous podcast and, and tends to open up a lot of conversations, shall we say, uh, or, or mind games regarding how it works. A regulation within the industry with regards to the three and a half ton market, I think, is something that needs to be be looked at. The, the arguments surrounding it always kind of come back to cost and, and a cost for a, a man environment. And I say this with no disrespect to anyone at all. So I, I don't believe in I believe in that everybody's got a, got a living to make and everybody wants to to work hard and, and and do a job. It always boils back to cost because they'll say, well, the overheads are less, so it can be less. I think by regulating this industry and regulating that three and a half ton market, it puts everyone on a an, an even keel. It's a it's a fair game from there on in. It's very difficult with the the market of the three and a half ton or, or the van and man, so to speak, can go out there and and move a, a couch from A to B, and and they'll turn up and there's no steel toe cap shoes on, or or it's just somebody else there that that's came on board. It's seen as a, and certainly not in my view, but. But sometimes this industry is seen as a, a non-professional industry from one side of that. And and I certainly think regulation coming into place and, and being seen as that professional industry is one thing that I've tried to be a part of with the, the way that we proceed ourselves or, or the way that we, we like to go about our, our own business. It's difficult. It'll never be done. And like I say, I, I do say this with, with no disrespect to anyone out there. Everybody's got, got a living to make, but, but certainly... Uh, uh, a regulation of the industry and, and, and being noted as that professional. I mentioned in a previous comment, Colin, with regards to lawyers and solicitors, everyone sees them as the top of that chain. You're moving house, I need a lawyer, I need a solicitor, someone's got to do that paperwork. I'd like the removals industry to be viewed as we're part and parcel of that. So if I'm paying X amount of thousands of pounds to a solicitor or a lawyer, then a small percentage of that will then become my, my removal fee realizing that it's not as easy as just getting a van and, and we'll move it and and i think most people that have done that once will never go back and, and do it again when they realize that their four bedroom house doesn't fit in a three and a half ton van and you're left with stuff in the garden as you go back for another run and and, and it's about educating i think the customer to say well do you know what no the removals is every bit as important of your uh, house move or, or your life moving let's be honest you're, you're, you're taking everything that everybody owns and to hand that just to anybody and, and no regulation being there We've all seen it in the past, horror stories of vehicles turning up at one side and, and not turning up at the, the other side, and, and you're happy to hand out to someone. Lawyers, solicitors never handle your worldly goods, just the finances from those goods and hand them somewhere else. So it's, it, there certainly needs to be a professional take put in this industry from the, the, the sorry, the regular to <laughs> regulatory bodies, sorry, I couldn't get out there. Uh, the, the regulatory <laughs> bodies to, to ensure that it's viewed as a part of that proper syndicate when when people are moving. 
Maybe the lawyers should get a couple of hundred quid for signing a bloody document and the remover should get a few thousand for moving the goods. I mean, they're, they're worldly possessions. I keep saying it. It's your worldly possessions. Why would you pay somebody less than your 45-inch TV on your wall to move your goods? Why? Do you know what, Colin? I, I would love to bring the lawyers in here for whatever it is an hour and let them do a removal on a Friday and realise that they can't sit down for their dinner at five o'clock when the keys aren't there and they're still sitting there at six o'clock, seven o'clock and, and families are out in, in their ear um, for the night waiting for things to happen over a weekend and if they could see it from, from a removal man's point of view, I think they would very quickly change the way that they're doing things and realise it's it's not all no, rosy and, and sitting behind a desk pushing some figures round about and signing off some documents, that there is another side to moving in it and it's a hard side to moving. let's be honest, this, this isn't an easy industry to work in we, we know how hard it is I, I'm still very hands on if it was my choice I would be in the vans day in day out I mentioned earlier I, I lost my, my license for the trucks back in 2011 when I was diagnosed with diabetes and although I could get my license back now because rules changed since then to now my father's point blank says nope you don't get your license back because he knows I would rather jump in a truck <laughs> out there and cheer that it's fine elsewhere and worry about the office at other times and, and what happens in the background because I am very hands-on, let, let's say, for what's what. But no, you bring the lawyer solicitors in here to do a shift on, a, on, on any day of the week, let's be honest, it's a hard shift, but bring them in to understand what we face. Let's be honest, it's us, it's in the cold face that we are sitting with that customer yeah. outside the house and do you want me to go and get a tea or a coffee? We're sitting for three, four hours and, and it's you that's talking to them and trying to understand what's happening with the lawyers just a, a phone call every hour or hour and a half. Sorry, keys still aren't available. Sorry, we can't do this, we can't do that. And and the uncertainty and, and it's you that's there that's trying to explain this to the customer, which you, you don't get paid for. <laughs> advice, is, is, advice isn't free. And these days you're dealing with people at the end of the phone on an email. You never actually get to see them. You don't meet them. You don't go to an office and meet them. That's right. They don't come to your house to sign a document. No, no, that's right. And of course, they just sit behind their desk with their little pen and sign that document. That's right. And of course, the, the state agency side of things, and I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but as a big part of the way our industry is, is shaped, everything's done online. So you've got your, don't know if we can mention names here, but you've got your Purple Bricks, for example, that yeah. everything's online. They, they can easily go nationwide and everything's done computer based. And yeah. of course, everything's changed everybody's outlook and things have changed over the last two or three years and and things in fact most industries or, or, or most things get easier and easier over time it can be done through the computer we can never get to that stage our job is never made any easier in theory we shouldn't have the the video collections the cd collections the Houses should be getting more minimal. We can now take a, a CD collection on and, and, and our phone, not even an iPod, but, but a phone. Yeah. And you carry it everywhere with you, and, and rather than there being 10 boxes of those and six boxes of LPs. So in theory, house moves should be getting easier. But it's not that volume seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger because of the, the society that we live in. That, that throwaway society in it to an extent. People will, will, We hoard things. We never will, want to throw anything away. That's it. That's it. We, we, we'll keep it. We'll move it from place to place. And, and everyone's guilty of this. I know you moved uh, fairly recently as well, Colin, over the last last um, year or so, I, I believe. I don't, I don't know. Could, could be wrong. Well, there, I didn't but, move, but I did sell a property. Is that what it's Sorry. Um, but I know I've I done it myself about five, five six years ago. And I was off a few weeks back through COVID and I was tidying out my garage and it's stuff that I'd actually taken from three houses ago that, that just sat there <laughs> and sat there and you move it and you move it and you move it 
and you move it and think that we need to bite a bullet here at some point and say, I do not need that in my life. But you're right, society tells you that, that, that we hoard everything, that we take everything with us, we cart it from place to place to place, and we don't need it. So it never, ever is going to make our industry any easier. There is no easy way or, or light way of moving a piano. There is no easy way to get a couch through a door. So it's, it's never going to get easier, but it's, it's part of the world that we live in. It's, it's part of the industry that we love. Anything else that you want to change? No, I think it would just be regulation. Like I say, I thoroughly enjoy this industry. I, I really do. So with regards to changes, I wouldn't change it straight away or there's nothing in particular I would change, but I do like being a part of the... I, I sit on the commercial moving board and I, I've pushed other people or, or, or elbowed other people within the business to, to go down other routes with the, the, the National Council and such like. And it's good to have a, a say in that and understanding what is changing. The overseas market at the moment is... is it's difficult leaving Brexit's made its changes and, and I remember the first time round when your, your your forms that needed completed and the customs paperwork was behind it then became easier and now it's becoming harder again. So being on part of the boards or, or having people within the business sitting on these various councils and, and hearing things firsthand, it's allowing us as a business to help to shape and help with those changes. So although there's nothing dramatically I would like to change within the industry, I do like being a part of, of, of helping to shape that. What advice would you give yourself just starting out in the industry again? That's a hard question, Colin. So you sent this PDF over a number of weeks ago. <laughs> and, and this is a question that I've, I've probably read all in all 10 or 12 times. And I've thought of various answers that I, I, I could give you. Not taking anything for granted is probably one thing. Every day is different why i like this industry is because every day is different you're meeting new people every day presents its own challenge time however is as flying past I, I sound like my dad here but i'm only late 30s but i tell you colin i had a conversation with my daughter this was just pre-covid so i'm going back back a few years now and there was a, a I was going to say an argument we'll call it a heated debate in, in the household <laughs> or one thing or another and my partner Diane was standing in the kitchen and my daughter Esme had said something. I says, Esme, I'm not having this for a nine-year-old. And she says, Dad, I'm 13. <laughs> and I, thought, and I, I looked at her mum and Dan kind of nodded. And my son, who's obviously, he's, he's the youngest, and, and he kind of looked and said, Dad, I'm nine. I thought, well, where, where has these years gone? So if I could give myself any advice, it's to, to try and enjoy it. In all honesty, try and enjoy the time that, that you're in this industry and, and, and take it. But I've been very work-driven and, and focused for a long time. I, I've I've worked six days a week for, for, for the last five, six years. And, and when COVID began and, and we did have seven weeks in the house, we did completely close for, for the seven weeks as per government guidance. And we sat back and that was a fantastic opportunity to, to reflect on, on the business. It, uh, no wheels were turning at that point, but the storage was sitting there. It gave you an understanding of the true costs that, that, that were in, involved in the background. Thankfully, the government stepped in and, and made sure everybody's wages were safe for a certain amount of time. But, but without things actually moving, and we slowly came back into working with, with one crew seven weeks after lockdown, another crew the week after, and started with some domestic abuse and some homelessness through some of the, the local authority contracts. But that opportunity was one that you would never, ever get again. You very quickly become caught up in the rat race of the day-to-day yeah. running of your business. So I think if I could give myself any advice, it would be 
try and take at least some time to yourself and don't miss everything in the background where your, your kind of kids going up and whatever else. Eh? Um, so perhaps the focus um, that's there had uh, or could have changed as what as it's came and gone. So if, if I could have done it differently, I'd maybe I spent some more time with the kids, but it's all for a greater good, I suppose. But I think that is because you're part of a family business. If you were just the surveyor, paid X amount of grand to do a job, you'd look at it differently. But because you are, at the end of the day, the owner's son, and now you are the managing director, you you will put all those hours in. You do. You put multiple hours in here. And like I say, in, in the, the cold facey things, you believe that you're, you're doing the right things. And, and you know, it works for us. It, it's worked for the business in, in the long run. And yeah. hopefully down the line, I don't maybe don't need to worry about it too much in years to come. But but certainly that period of my life has is, is, is came and gone um, yeah. when the kids are growing up. And like I say, my daughter's now in, in, our, in our teens. And, and for the last couple of years, we missed that last family holiday with her when she was still a my, my wee princess, let's be honest, we, 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 missed that, we missed that wee time when she was there and all of a sudden she's, hey, I'm a big softy at heart calling, but all of a sudden she's, she's now a, a young teenager and doesn't want to go to the, the shops at the weekend or, or, or wouldn't even consider going on holiday with any longer and and I, I've missed that because you have, the, the attention's been turned to work and, and obviously with the family buyout, I was I was still relatively young at that point, um, yeah. so, so I'm 38 at the minute. Um, seven years ago, that was 2015 when we took over. So early, early 30s, like I say, a, a huge responsibility at the time and, and dropped in at the deep end with certain aspects of what was what. But no, I, I missed a few years of the, the family that I'm not going to get back. And that is one thing that plays in my mind. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. But advice wise is try and find at least some time for yourself. Where do you see yourself in the industry in the next five years? Let's concentrate on yourself first. So the company itself here, call me, are going through, as everyone has, the last couple of years has been a, a great time for, for the moving industry. Let's be honest, we've managed to put the prices up to where I believe they, they should be. We've managed to get that that premium. The people have understood the importance uh, of what's there. The stores are absolutely bulging at the seams, which again, through various podcasts that I've heard and uh, other people doing these, that seems to be a common problem. I bought the bit of ground next door to us here that we've actually been chasing for probably the best part of 20 years. And we had the chance to buy it years and years ago and my grandfather decided again. No. And, and slowly we've bought bits of that ground back into more than we could have bought it for the first place. But we finally got the last piece of that puzzle. The guy that did the ground next door used to own a, a furniture shop, so, so retail furniture. Uh, he decided to retire pre-lockdown, so we managed to, to get a deal for that. And since then, we've been trying to get drawings put in place and structural groundworks etc etc so with the next although you've asked the next five years i'd like to think this has been dragging its heels for long enough and we're looking to build uh, an eleven thousand square foot unit next door so between warehouse and some retail shops in the front as well some some retail buildings in the front that's certainly something we're going to turn our attention to in the next immediate 12 months to 18 months like i say it's it's, it's dragged its heels for the last two years through covid and cost never helped with that the, the cost of steel at one point was just absolutely ludicrous and and the, the building cost was almost double where we expect to be or should have been so so that's something that i'm turning my, my attention to in the next wee while but i mentioned earlier also we started the haulage there was problems certainly up in scotland out of grangemouth one of the main hauliers about two years ago three years ago went into administration which left a huge gap in the market we decided to, to go out in a woman and buy a, an Arctic unit or a tractor unit rather and a, a couple of skeletal trailers. And that's gave us a, a great opportunity again to 
I'm only 20 minutes for the port here. So that's given us a great opportunity to run the containers back here. We, we, we never invested in cranes and, and, and larger forklifts to take them off, but by having a couple of trailers there, we can, we can bring a container back and no longer have crews standing about waiting, waiting and wondering if or when the hauler may turn up with this container. So we can bring them back. And contrary to belief, the containers themselves, you actually get seven days from port to port. Whereas we're only given three hours by hauliers and you're charged for every second or minute after that. So it's let us utilise that time far better in our business. And, and rather than having those crews, three guys waiting to fill a 40-foot container, we can yeah. like collect, drop back, and if there's spare guys for half an hour in day, we'll fill a quarter of it. We'll fill an hour quarter the next day. And once it's done and back. So again, that's a side because of the, the gap in the market, certainly up here, it's a side that we're looking to, to try and expand on as well. So that's certainly immediate in the next 12 to 18 months or so. That's where I see as one. And industry-wise? So in, in industry, I've said it before, I think regulation, the three and a half ton market, I'd love to see see it regulated um, in the next five years. Do you think it will be regulated though? Is it achievable? I think it is achievable, Colin. Uh, I, I do think that there's a, a good argument there. The amount of vehicles getting stopped that's overweight for instance there's a safety thing there that's got to be taken into account as well and it will allow everybody to be able to say well wait a minute we are the professionals in this market this is our, our share and albeit i'm all up for fair competition by making um the smaller vehicles become part of an all license um i really think that's where the industry needs to, to move towards and more from a consumer point of view as well though the consumer needs to realize but then that comes back to educating the consumer. Certainly does, Colin. Certainly does. And that's never going to be an easy one. No, because the consumer, again, always sees our industry as being at the end of the line. That's correct. That's correct. And, and that is, that, that's, that's always, always going to be the hard one. So in the past, and, and certainly maybe not in the immediate last two years, because obviously COVID's changed a lot of the ways. Everything, everything's worked and. and uh, we've all been rushed off our feet and just, just trying to fight fire day after day after day to ensure that you can get those vehicles out the yard for a point there, certainly towards the, the middle to the end of last year. I can't remember a time that I actually had a full squad in here, be it on the vehicles or, or, or be it in the office here. It was um, horrendous to deal with. Every day was a reaction rather than yep. being proactive. And, and I've never been able to even, I, I like to be proactive with regards to everything. One thing again that, that I was told, but pre-planning attention saves time and effort. And if you can get it right in the, in the first instance, it should save you time at the back end of any decisions that, that you decide to make or, or any way that you want to move forward. Definitely. So what do you do outside of the industry to switch off? Not that you'll give yourself much time to switch off by the sounds of it. Well, Connor, I am a uh, I am a big football supporter. Both professionally, I, I love the professional football. I'm a, I'm a heart supporter for all my sins. I do like to get along to as many games as I can, or certainly the, the home games. I do like to go along to those and and release some tensions on the the terraces, so to speak. But in the last two years, my son started playing football for the local team here, and that started as a conversation to say, "Well, Neil, you're watching him anyway. Can you spare an hour every week to to help out?" And that hours very quickly become three times a week at training that's an hour and a half a time and then a game at the weekend so what are you doing for them so i, ju- I just help with the coaching there was so many right. guys the, the local town here in, in, in blackburn i, I help well I, I sponsor the the local stadium so the, the community stadium we, we sponsor Brilliant. the senior team and, and i actually help out with about 12 or 13 between ladies teams youth teams under 16 teams so so we help out with a lot of those 
But one thing that I, I never ever bothered me was time. And like I say, when I yeah. was asked to help with him, there was there was forty some some forty six kids or something that, that was all looking to be coached by because they've got great facilities or, or by the guys here. And we needed more coaches. They needed to have so many so many adults per head for the for the kids, and we split the teams into so many. Uh, and I got roped into that, so I do tend to just pick up cones or set out wee drills here and there. But it's been great for my. It's been great for me because it does give you that chance. If training's at six o'clock, I'll make sure that I'm finished for half past five. Go and get Brilliant. ready, get the wee man ready and, and take him to football where previously I would have sat at work till five, six, seven o'clock at night where now you've got that, right, I need to go, I've got something else to do and, and it lets you switch off for that wee bit, wee bit of time and go back. So no, that, that, that's that been good for me. Certainly in the last year or so I've been doing that and, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it, watching the, the kids all develop. It's, it's a funny, it's, it's they're under nine. Uh, or 2012s as, as we call it so um, I'm enjoying my time doing that yeah, I'm enjoying my time doing that seeing them develop as, as players and, and of course there's a, a social aspect to that as well very yeah. difficult for kids um, over the last couple of years missing the interaction with, with other kids and, and, and going to the park and playing football as we would have done as kids or, or whatever else so so seeing them come along to train and giving that wee bit of encouragement to, to, to come out their shell a wee bit and oh, go out there and enjoy yourselves and, and whatever I, I, haven't, I have enjoyed doing that and so great that you're doing sponsorship in the local community as well, keeping that name out there. Well, that's it, Colin. Without the local community, we wouldn't be what we are. Um, let's be honest. Every, especially when we had the coal, it was every other house. We started in this local community and every house had coal at that point back in the 60s. And, and the, the community's been good to us over the years and, and I certainly like to try and give that back as and where you can. So what else do you do? That's pretty much all my time, Colin. Like I say, um, football is a big part of it. Uh, I tend to, other than, than football, and, and it's just a sad life that I've got. Other than football, I, I do just work. I just work and, and I work and I work. And unfortunately, I only stay about 100 yards for the depot here, uh, up on the same side of the road, a few houses up. And, and I'm that, that sad guy that will that'll finish work or think you're finished work. I'll go home and I'll, I'll have a bit of dinner. My partner Dan she'll stick something on the telly and I'll think, I don't really want to watch this. It's uh, Married at First Sight or, or some Australian dress, dressmaking <laughs> programme or something like that. I think, but you know what? I, I would I would much rather be sitting in the office get myself set up for the next day. Um, so, so that's it. Again, we, we go out and we, I've got a wee dog. We, we take that for a walk at the weekends and, and try and spend a bit of, bit of family time on a Sunday. Go out for a nice lunch or, or whatever else. And, but yeah. other than that, again... Pre-COVID, would maybe I went to the cinema, would maybe I've, I've, I've done a lot more, but but do you know it's been a funny time. It's been a really really funny time for everybody, um, and and we probably should make some more time for ourselves. Uh, I do like golf. I am not very good at it. I'll be honest with you, I'm not very good at golf, but I do enjoy it. I enjoy just going out and and letting it some some frustration or tension up that up that golf course, but but finding time for it's very difficult. And I and I think, and maybe other people would would agree. They've seen me at these conferences trying to to, to whack that ball up the up the fairway. If I could practice more often and possibly squeeze a couple of rounds in a week, I reckon I could be all right. I'm never going to be a professional, <laughs> but, I, but I could be all right. And, but I do, I do enjoy it, and I, I'd, I'd like over the next few weeks to try and find a wee bit more time for that and be, be putting the right structures in place and having the right people round about us here. And hopefully, will give us that time. No, maybe not in the next five years or ten years, but certainly give me that time to, to go and maybe enjoy a bit more, more of life. And finally. I'd like to end my podcast with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? Well, Colin, another question that was on your um, your list here, and in, in, in all honesty, I could write a book, Colin. The amount of times I've spent on the vans and, and some of the things that have happened over the years, you, 
I probably couldn't tell you half of these stories in complete honesty, but there, there was a couple that stuck out for me that, that can be recorded for your <laughs> podcast. And one of the ones, we, we spoke earlier on about you, you were the, the boss's son and the, and the expectation levels and, and whatever else that, that, that came with that. And back in the, the early 2000s, we'd bought our first sat-navs for the business. We Tom Tommies, you just all remember them. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we stuck on Tom Tom for the window and, and this was new to everybody at the time. And we had three trucks travelling. So we had a 12-ton truck, which I was driving. We had a seven and a half ton truck and then we had a three and a half ton van. It was all travelling down for a, a tighter access down in Barrow. All right, so nobody wanted to jump in the truck with me. I was in the, the, the truck on the front, the biggest one myself <laughs> and other guys we, we, we jumped in with other pals and other ones. Fives are travelling down. So, so we're travelling down and, and I remember putting in the sat-nav. Matt always told us don't put it in the sat-nav until you get close by because you know better than the sat-nav. And again, they were new at the time. You know the motorways, you know the low bridges, whatever else. So, so we, we stopped for our first kind of, kind of wee break, probably about Carlisle area. And I thought, right, we'll get this in the, in the sat-nav. So I've put in the, the postal code. The postal code never came up. It was it was a new build place. So again, still problems <laughs> facing. In this day and age, uh, even, even 15, 20 years later, we're still facing the same problem. But the, the, the postal code wasn't there. So I'd put in Barrow and I'd put in the start of the postal code and it gave me some options. And I can't remember the exact name of the street, but say it was it was Green Street. I seen one that said Green Lane. That's fine, Green Lane. We'll go there. It must be close. <laughs> well, Colin, I tell you, it wasn't that close because we ended up, although I was looking for Barrow, we ended up in Barrow and Furnace. <laughs> it was, was 82.7 miles of a convoy further south Sorry, we were going to Barrow and Furness, and it was Barrow that was uh, over next to Blackburn and Clitheroe and all the rest of it. So, uh, I we were 82.7 miles south to where we should have been. Because of <laughs> where we'd left, we then needed a further 45-minute break to get an hour and 40 minutes back up to where we had to be. <laughs> the only saving grace for me that day was the fact that when we arrived there, she still never had her keys. <laughs> so we'd done an, an almost three-hour detour with a with an additional break that I can assure you Matt wasn't happy about at the time. But we made it there. She never had her keys with an extended break. So uh, I actually was made to pay for the fuel on that one. No uh, way. Over a number of weeks for, for no for all the trucks. But <laughs> for, for, for my stupidity, we'll, we'll put it that way. But, but Colin... Once bitten, twice shy. And I, I never done that. I never made that mistake. <laughs> it, was a so it, was, uh, it was a learning curve. So it took out a funny one. And I, like I say, I, I could probably write a book. There's, there's been many, many a, a funny time in this industry. And <laughs> that is, is the professional side of it. When, when I've been at, at various conferences, meeting people and, and spending time, there was a, a group of us at one of the conferences that tried to get through a McDonald's drive through pretending we were a car, because that seemed like a good idea at the time of the shop being shut. And one of us is sitting with, or the person in the passenger seat, so to speak, was sitting making the noise of an engine. And the guy <laughs> was, was singing as if it was the radio, and we're trying to talk to the guy to drive through. And he said, but you've no car, you, you can't possibly come through here, so just, just keep going. So, so even for that side of things, we've all had a lot of hair at times, and, and, and uh, that's been good. There's there's been times I've been been building, I remember building a bed for a, an elderly lady in Edinburgh, Edinburgh one day, and, and I'd forgot that that morning that I'd actually burst my trousers trying to pick up a, a, a sideboard. Again, I'd put on a few pounds, I'd not been on the vans <laughs> day after day, week after week, and there was a, a split, and I'm lying on my back, 
screwing under this bed, trying to get it all sorted, forgetting that I was actually hanging out in my, my trousers halfway down. There's been a multitude of things. I've certainly a multitude of things over the years, but that's what keeps us wanting to come back and then doing the movies because you can have a laugh, we can have a joke and, and, and enjoy it, I suppose. Definitely. Neil, thank you very much for giving up your time this morning to record an episode of Moving Matters with me. I really appreciate it. Pleasure, Colin. No problem at all. All right. Thank you very much. All the best. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 47 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Neil Purdy of Purdy Worldwide Removals and Storage for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Neil. If you would like to know more about Purdy Worldwide Removals and Storages and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving. <laughs> <laughs>